Hello everyone, I'm Jonathan Schuler, and welcome to the Fortress of Truth. Thank you so much for joining me today. God loves you, and I know He has great things in store for your life. Today we're going to look in the Word of God at mercy and truth. We're going to begin in Proverbs chapter 3, Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 1. Now, the book of Proverbs was written by Solomon. Solomon was King David's son who succeeded him as king of Israel. And he was a young boy when he took over the kingship, and he didn't feel adequate. He didn't really feel like he was up to the task. He didn't feel like he had what it took to lead God's people. So shortly after he became king, the Lord appeared to him in a dream at night and said, ask me anything, ask me for anything, and I'll give it to you. Now, this isn't like what you see in the cartoons where a genie comes out of a bottle and says, I'll grant you any wish that you ask for. This is the Lord Almighty himself revealing himself to Solomon and saying, ask me anything and I'll do it. I'll give it to you. Whatever you ask, I'll give it to you. This is the Almighty, the creator of the universe, coming to you and basically giving you a blank check. Whatever you want, I'll give it to you. And Solomon, we, we can take note from Solomon's attitude. He exhibited great humility. And I'll paraphrase a little bit. And he said, Lord, I'm just a young boy. I don't really know what I'm supposed to be doing here. So more than anything, I need wisdom to know how to lead your people the way you want me to. And the Lord was very pleased with that request. And so he told Solomon, he gave, him, he gave Solomon his wisdom, God's, the wisdom of God. And he told Solomon, you're going to be the wisest man that's ever lived and that ever will live. And that has been the case. There has been none wiser than Solomon. And during his reign, he wrote the book of Proverbs. Now, Proverbs is from all, it's 31 chapters of wisdom. Solomon wrote most of it, and it's words of wisdom admonishing us, showing us how we should live our life here on earth. It's contrasting the wise and the fool. It tells us how to be wise and how to not be a fool. And it gives us good, godly wisdom for how to live our life here on earth. And it's very practical and applicable for our life here to, even today. So I encourage you if, you, if you don't, if you want to study the word and you don't know where to start, Proverbs is a great place. Or if you feel like, I, I don't really know that I need, that I know everything I need to know. I feel like I'm lacking Take a look at the book of Proverbs. The Lord has many good things to show us throughout this book. 
And we're going to be looking at chapter 3, verse 1. And this is Solomon writing to his son. And he says, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. Now, like I said, this is Solomon writing to his son, but also the Holy Spirit is the one who inspired all of the scripture. So we can actually see this as the Holy Spirit speaking to us. It's not just Solomon writing to his son. Yes, that was how it was originally, but this is in the word of God recorded for us, for our benefit forever. And 2 Timothy chapter 3 tells us that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable so that we, as children of God, can be complete and thoroughly equipped unto every good work. So see this now, instead of just Solomon writing to his son, see this as your heavenly father speaking this to you. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Notice here the Lord is speaking to us and he says, forget not my law, but let your heart keep my commandments. So he says, don't forget my law. Instead, keep my commandments. So the opposite of forgetting the law of God, the word of God, is keeping his commandments. When you keep something, you're holding on to it, right? You're not letting it go. I'm going to keep this. You can't have it. That's the way it, that we should be about the word of God in our heart. We need to keep it. Because Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 13, he spoke a parable that we refer to as the parable of the sower. And in that parable, Jesus illustrates how the word of God works in our heart. Jesus compared the word of God to seed being scattered on the ground. And he talked about four different types of ground in this parable. The ground is a type of our heart. So he talks about four different types, different categories that a person's heart can fall into. He talked about the seed being sown on wayside ground, on stony ground, on thorny ground, and on good ground. The wayside ground, that would be like a road or a parking lot to, for us today. It's hard packed. You can't really get down into it. 
And that's what happened with the word of God that was sown on wayside ground. It didn't even penetrate the soil. It didn't even get into the person's heart. Instead, it just laid on the top. And then Jesus gives us a key and says that Satan comes immediately to steal the word. In Jesus' parable, the seed was sown on the wayside ground and it just sat there on the top of the ground. It didn't actually penetrate into the ground to even start to grow. And then birds came along and just picked up the seed up off of the ground and ate it and carried it away. That's the picture of what happens if our heart is so hard that the Word of God can't get into our heart. Satan will come immediately and just steal the Word away from us. We need to not ever let this happen. Instead, what we should do is we should keep the Word. Don't forget the law of God, the Word of God. Instead, keeping His commandments. This is what we should do. He says, forget not my law, but let your heart keep my commandments. Now, why should we do this? Verse two, for length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. What's they? Well, he just got through saying, let your heart keep my commandments. So the commandments of God will add length of days and long life and peace to us. This is one reason why we should keep the commandments of God. Now, like I said, when we're talking about keeping his commandments, that gives us the picture of obeying him and doing what he says. And that's absolutely correct. We should do that. And that's an important part of this whole thing that we're talking about. This whole concept is obeying his commandments and doing what he tells us to do. And in the process, in order to obey his commandments, we have to not forget his commandments. We have to keep his commandments. We have to keep them in so that they don't escape. It's not like the word of God is elusive. It's not. But the enemy knows the power that is in the word of God. Hebrews 4 tells us that the word of God is alive and full of power, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It is powerful and effective it is living. It is bringing life to us as well as to all those who receive it. This is the word of God. And Satan knows the power that is in the word of God. First Peter 1 calls the word of God an incorruptible seed. An incorruptible seed is a seed that can never wither away, it can never fade, it can never die. If the word of God gets planted down in our heart and we water it and we nurture it and we keep it, 
It's going to grow and grow in our life, just like a mighty oak tree grows from a small acorn. And it's going to produce a marvelous change in our life. All because we heard the word of God, it got planted down in our heart, and we kept it. We didn't forget about it. We intentionally watered that word, kept hearing the word of God, kept taking in the things of God and the things that he was showing us and telling us. And when we do this, we will have, Jesus said that we will bear much fruit. Praise the Lord. The word of God is powerful. It is very powerful. And like I said, the enemy knows the power that is in the word. Sometimes the enemy knows the power of the word better than believers do. Some believers will just let the word of God go. If they hear it, they won't try and keep it and hold it in and guard it. They'll, they'll just let anything come in and wash it away. Let the enemy bring thoughts to you that steal the word. When you hear the word of God, the enemy will bring thoughts to you like, oh, come on now. You don't really believe that, do you? That's just so far-fetched. God wants you to live a good life. He has good plans for you. He wants you to be healthy and whole, and he wants you to be prosperous. No, come on. You don't really believe that, do you? I mean, look at the way the economy is. Look at the, the, the past of your family. Look, look at these sicknesses. Your grandmother died of this disease. Your daddy died of this disease. You probably got that same disease too. You can't imagine that God wants you to live well. He'll bring all these things to you, all of these circumstances to bear. He'll bring thoughts to you all in an attempt to steal the word out of your heart. The only way that he can steal the word is if you turn loose of it by saying, well, I know God said that, but you know, the way things are at the office right now, I just, I just don't know. And, and the way the economy is and, and what the medical report said is, you're turning loose of the word of God. You're not keeping it. Or if it just doesn't mean enough to you for you to even remember it, then you're forgetting his law. This shouldn't be what we do. The word of God, like I said, is alive and full of power according to Hebrews chapter four. It is powerful and effective in our heart. And it can change our life 180 degrees. It can change us from going on a course of destruction into a course, God's course, God's plan that he has for us. A pathway of abundance, of plenty, of prosperity in every area of our life. Spirit, soul, and body. This is the power of the word of God. So it should be important enough to us that we hold on to that word and don't let anything get us distracted and sway us off of the word of God.
The Amplified Bible in verses, verse 1 says, My son, forget not my law or teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. Now in verse 2, the Amplified does what it does best. It amplifies on the text. It adds a, it, the, they add a few things in here to help expand on what was originally said. They say, it says, for length of days and years of a life worth living and tranquility, inward and outward and continuing through old age till death, these shall they add to you. So the, the word of God, the law of God, the commandments of God, they add to us length of days and years of a life worth living. What's the point of living down here 80, 90, 100 years if all it is is a drudgery? In the morning, you can't wait until evening. In the evening, you can't wait until morning. You just can't stand yourself. You can't stand your life. No, that's no way to live. God says that when we don't forget his word, but we keep his word as valuable, it adds years of a life worth living. Jesus said in John 10 and verse 10, he said, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. In that verse, Jesus is outlining the MO of the enemy, the devil, and Jesus' MO. Why does the devil come and why did Jesus come? The devil only comes to bring negative things, to steal, to kill, to destroy. Jesus came so that we who believe on him could have life. And not just so that we could live, but that we could have life more abundantly. The Amplified Bible in that verse says that we could have and enjoy life to the full till it overflows. This is the life that the Lord wants us to have. He doesn't want us to just barely get by or try and plow our way through life, hope we can make it. You know, when the roll is called up yonder, how wonderful that will be. You know, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Well, of course, that is true. When we all get to heaven, we are going to be rejoicing. But the Lord wants us to enjoy our life and to be able to rejoice right here, right now. And when we keep the commandments of God, we don't turn loose of his word, but instead we make it our foundation, our final authority for our life. We keep his word in our heart. 
then though that word will add years of a life worth living. Keeping the word of God allows us to enjoy life and will change things in our life so that we can enjoy it. The Holy Spirit will teach us what we should do and how we should do it so that we can enjoy life. You know, we can't enjoy our life just by our own ability or by trying to live it up and party. That's not enjoying life. Well, someone might say, well, I'm going to live free. I'm, I'm not going, I'm going to cast off all restraint. I'm just going to do whatever I feel like. If it feels good, I'm going to do it. That's freedom. But it's actually not. It's actually bondage. Well, how could it be bondage? I'm doing whatever I want to do. Well, the problem is that you're in bondage to your flesh. You can't break out of that if you want to. You know, like some people will say, talking about smoking, well, I can, I, I can quit whenever I want to. Well, all right, give it a shot then. Well, I, 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 just, I just don't want to right now. <laughs> okay. But see, you're in bondage. The flesh is holding you captive. If you're just, if you have the philosophy, if it feels good, do it. And you just go out and live however you want to live, doing whatever you want to do. Then you are a slave to your flesh. Your flesh controls your every move, your every decision. That's not freedom. Living a godly life is freedom. Well, it's so restrictive. You have all these thou shalt nots. Well, no. Think about the life in Christ. You're free from the bondage of sin. You're free from the bondage of the flesh. You're free to follow your good shepherd who's going to lead you into green pastures besides still waters. He's going to restore your soul and he's going to lead you in the right paths for his name's sake. When we're following our good shepherd, that's Jesus Christ. When we're following him, doing what he wants us to do, living the life he has for us, we're not ever going to lack or want for anything good. He says in 1 Timothy 6, God gives us richly all things to enjoy. Again, John 10, 10, Jesus said, I came that they might have and enjoy life. The way to truly live free is to live for Jesus. That is the truly free life. And when we keep the commandments of God and we don't forget about his word, instead we keep it in our heart, that is how we can live a life 
that is worth living and that we can enjoy because we're in Him. Not only does this add years of a life worth living, but keeping the commandments of God will add to us tranquility. Now, tranquility is a fancy $25 word that we don't use very often. We have a kind of glorified idea of what it means, but it means peace. That's what tranquility is. If you're seeing a tranquil scene, it's a peaceful scene. It's a non-stressful scene. It's a scene that, this is a way I can understand it. If you see tranquility, you're seeing <sighs> that sigh of peace and relaxation that I don't have to strive, I don't have to be stressed, I can just <sighs> relax and enjoy the presence of God. Keeping the commandments of God will add tranquility to us, both inward tranquility and outward tranquility. So we won't be stressed and in turmoil on the inside, nor will we be upset and agitated on the outside. All because we're holding on to the commandments of God and not turning loose of His Word. That's what the Lord promises will be ours when we do this. And this isn't just a moment of peace. The Bible says this tranquility will be inward and outward, and it will be continuing through old age till death. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 says, that we should not be anxious or full of care or worry about anything. But instead, we should pray and be thankful to God. And we should let our requests be made known unto Him. Whatever we have need of, He says that He already knows about it, so we can just thank Him for supplying our needs. And then when we do this, when we're not being anxious and fretful, when we're not being full of worry and care, but instead we're praying, talking with the Lord, and thanking Him for His faithfulness, and focusing on the truth of His Word, then verse 7 of Philippians 4 says that the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. The peace of God that passes all understanding, that means you're so peaceful, you don't understand why you're so peaceful. You just are. You couldn't get upset if you tried. That's the peace of God. And that will keep our heart and our mind in Christ Jesus. Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3, the Lord said, or he, the, excuse me, the prophet was speaking to the Lord, and he said, 
you, Lord, will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. The Lord is going to keep us in that perfect peace because our mind is stayed on him. We are focused on him. We're not looking at the storms that are going on around us. We are focused on him. And when we do this, he keeps us in perfect peace. Now, I don't know where you are at in your relationship with the Lord, but if you haven't ever made Jesus the Lord of your life, you know what I mean when I say that you don't have peace. Oh, sure, you may have learned how to manage fear and not think about your worries all the time, but deep down in your heart, you don't really know what true peace is. So let me extend an invitation to you to make Jesus the Lord of your life right now so that you can know this peace of God that passes all understanding. Just pray this simple prayer out loud where you can hear it. Say, Father God, I believe in you. I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe he died on the cross. I believe he rose again. And I believe he paid the full price for all of my sin. Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. And as you help me, I will follow after you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, if you prayed that for the very first time, let me be the first to welcome you into the family of God. If you did pray that for the first time, be sure to leave me a note in the comments of the podcast and be sure to get into a good church and follow after the Lord. Keep him first place in your life because he has amazing plans for you and he's going to take you to the next level and the next level and the next level all to his glory. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, be sure and subscribe so that you never miss an episode of The Fortress of Truth. And be sure and join us again next time as we continue looking at mercy and truth. We'll see you next time on The Fortress of Truth.